Welcome to Musician. I'm your host, Andrew LaPau. Let's start the show. Get on that bird and go. I want to clean like the highway. A boss in this thing, we do it my way. It's rain out there, so why play? Today's a day to celebrate. We've been approved on the iTunes store, which is a big deal for me because I had all the artwork. I had all the episodes that were recorded so far. We got, I got 20 episodes in the can on this thing, and it took me so long to finally just like get the know-how to even do it. It's weird how like little things can trip you up. Anyway, without making any excuses for the delay between the last episode on my website and this episode, it was just, um, it got away from me. It got away from me because I was trying to hustle so much, playing guitar, writing, uh, staying afloat, and then hustling more and trying to keep my head straight. Um, and this podcast got away from me. That's all I could say about it. So my apologies to all the artists who in the back of their head somewhere was like, oh, whatever happened to that podcast, it's coming. And I'll hit you guys up. I'll text you all. Um, and uh, But otherwise, tonight we got Chris Watts on the podcast. Now, if you don't know Chris Watts, he's a Americana artist. He comes from central Louisiana. Uh, and he calls his style of music Deep South Americana. Um, Chris has served in the National Guard. Uh, during um, Hurricane Katrina and was um, in the Superdome uh, during the hurricane uh, with other National Guardsmen. Uh, And he's going to talk about that. He's touring right now, uh, promoting his uh, EP, The God's Own Truth. Um, I'm proud to say I get to play guitar for Chris Watts when he plays uh, in Nashville or on the road. Um, so without further ado, here's my interview with Chris Watts. Enjoy. Mama used to sing sweet lullabies. You dream your prince would come take you hayway. Coming down on coffee in a diner. Thankful mama didn't live to see this day. Heartache floods a town out like a holler You can't drown the ghosts you left behind Getting high, spending your last dollar Finding ways to make you feel you're still alive Nothing looks strange through the rear view Staring down the demons in your soul Living life We're live, ready to go. Um, cool. So, so you've been on the road. Um, you got pretty much two records out now. Yeah. 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 Um, been on the road. Uh, about to be on the road a lot more. Um, I'm actually, I'll be in the, uh, in, in the great Midwest here in a few days. Where are you going? Um, 
Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, Chicago, um, St. Louis, Kansas City, uh, a couple other little towns, smaller towns. But yeah, it'll, it'll be like a um, like a, a, a short short run, like a week and a half kind of deal. Yeah, yeah. those are doable. Yeah, man, um, and it, especially like you know, I, I I think that's that's perfect. Like week and a half, two weeks. You know, you can you can cover a lot of ground in that time, and uh, you know, like you, you come back, uh, chill out for a little bit, work on some writing, some you know, playing, do some local shows. Is this the most extensive touring that you've done since you've been touring? Yeah, um, yeah. I I've uh, we put out the um, we put out the EP. A little over a year ago, and um, yeah, ever since then, it, it's it's been kind of, uh, yeah, I've been on the road a lot more. Um, I, I still feel like, you know, it, it's it, the music industry is in such a state now where, where there, there's a lot of like, you know, there used to be these, these, these like, these tried and true pathways to, uh, you know, like success or whatever, and it's like, well, if you want to do this, then you got to do this, but now everything's such kind of so like kind of up in the air that people are like, well, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to do this anymore or or this or that. But I I I still believe that like just getting out on the road and you know road dogging it, playing your music to different people every night, it it is still if like you, yeah. In my opinion, if you don't know that life or have a respect for it then you don't really get it as much. That's maybe just coming from me as someone who's played guitar. So that's always been the thing that you go for. I I don't know how it is with like DJs or anything, because that's more about you got a club date and you're doing clubs or whatever. But when you're writing songs and you're playing guitar and you're singing them, that's just part of it. At some point, whether or not you can retire and then just write songs and put them in movies or whatever by the time you're middle-aged um yeah man i i think like you know you can i it, it some people might call it a little old-fashioned but i i still feel like that is how that is how you build an audience that's how you build a fan base now there's other ways you can do that nowadays but i you know i'm i'm not making uh videos of of you know like dogs hit me in the balls with baseballs or whatever <laughs> and, and 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 blow it up on youtube um i i think like kind of my target audience for the type of music i make they're people that still like to go out to shows and listen to live music and i don't know like i said i i just think that it's you know it's still even with everything else that's going on that i feel like it's still the best way to kind of start building like a a, a true loyal following that's going to continue you know over the years to buy your stuff and to and to you know listen to your music and support you and it's i'm i'm looking for uh looking for longevity here i'm not not getting any younger it's so. a, it's a marathon <laughs> yeah um so have you found that going on the road recently people are really enthusiastic about becoming a real fan and following you and yeah um it's 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 been really great um i've I've started to bust out into a lot of different regions that i've never played before and um 
it's a mixture of of uh, you know bars, venues. Um, I've done a couple of small theaters now, and it, you know, like sometimes you're playing. Uh, like okay, for instance, I was in uh, I was in Asheville, uh, North Carolina, a couple of weeks ago, and I played in front of uh, like five people. Yeah, but every one of those, like all five people, they all you know listened paid attention, really liked the music. They all bought, you know, CDs, merch, took the time to like talk to me after the show. We talked about songs, um, you know, they signed the mailing list. So I, I feel like even if you play in front of five people, if you can get those five people to, if you can make fans out of them, out of those five people, and then you play a hundred shows that year, that's 500 new fans that you've made that year that are gonna, you know, like I said, keep, you know, keep up with you and support you. Um, and then the next night I played my first sold out show ever. And that's just like how it goes. Where where were you playing? It was, uh, the Crimson Moon in, uh, Dahlonega, Georgia, this, this wonderful little like hippie college mountain town. Um, it was awesome. And And that's just, you know, that's how it goes. And there's, there's ups and there's downs, but like I said, I I really learned from, um, you know, they'll, they'll be nice where you're playing in front of five people or, you know, even just the bartenders sometimes. Right. And But make fans out of the bartenders. That's a... Make yeah. fans out of the, the, the staff, you know, make a, make a fan out of the sound guy. Um, make fans out of, you know, it, it doesn't matter who's, who's listening to you. But I, that night that I played in front of those five people, I thought, well, you know what, like... It's just me and them, so I'm gonna do what I can to make fans out of these people, and then, and so then, like I said, you start doing the math, and it's like, well, you know, you play a hundred shows, five fans a show, that's five hundred fans a year. That you know, you do that for a few years, the next thing you know, you know, like they're gonna tell their friends, yeah, and their friends are gonna tell their friends, and it's yeah. gonna build. And it, next time you come back through town. You know, you're going to be looking at a better crowd, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I I just feel like that that organic uh, approach to 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 your 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 fan building is is still in this day and age the the, the way to go. At least for like the type of music I play. Right. Well, yeah. Well, you are so you consider your music deep South Americana. That's the that's the tag. <laughs> the tag. Yeah. You're, you're from Louisiana. We haven't even touched upon this yet. Right. And it would be cool to get back in here because I. First of all, I want to say it's awesome that you are so enthusiastic because I've known you for years, and right. you just, it just seems like now that you're going on the road and you're doing it, you have this. Uh, it's kind of a subtle drive that's going on. You're doing it. You're you know you're going out for a week and a half again, and then you're going to do it again, and that's it's keeping you driven. Yeah, man, it's um, you know, it's 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 inspiring because you. In in I feel like in any any kind of uh, creative endeavor, any any kind of art, you know, it, it's it's really easy to to uh, get kind of down in the dumps or or you know question yourself and you know it's that like crippling self doubt. Yeah. And then all of a sudden something will happen to kind of revitalize you and you know like keep you going and yeah and keep you focused on that next step. And it kind of always feels the same as it used to. I, I feel like yeah. when I get in those zones of like, oh, I'm really inspired. Oh, I remember when I was really inspired. 
five years ago. You know, it felt like this, and that, that's good. Yeah, so, totally, man. Yeah. I mean, like you know, it, it's being on the road. I, I love it, and and I think back to like when I first started playing guitar, and I think back to like uh, when I formed my first band. And then when I first started singing, and it's like, you know, never in a million years would I have foreseen, you know, being able to do this uh, for a living. You know, it's like, yeah, there's, there's, uh, you know, yeah, there's tons of obstacles and, you know, yourself is probably the biggest one of them all. But, um, but yeah, if you can, if if you can uh, get inspiration from that and your self doubt being the other thing, yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's it it's great. Like I I already feel like, um, you know that th- this that all this could end tomorrow, and and I could still say that like I did that, right? You know, and I like that was me. I I traveled around and I got to play some songs I wrote to some people that I didn't know, and some of them enjoyed it, and uh, you know, like I that's not that's not bad. It's not a bad existence. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, you know, that's all you can really hope for. If, uh, you know, if you're creating art or, or making music or whatever it is, I, I think it's all about, like, you know, yeah, people want to be able to maybe make a comfortable living doing whatever it is they do. But it, at the end of the day, it's about that feeling you get knowing that uh, you that you connected with, with someone else, like, through your art. Right. Or, or music or, or whatever it may be. And um, I mean, there's nothing more fulfilling to me than that, you know, so. So you're doing what you should be doing. Yeah. I've, I, <laughs> I, that, that's, it, it's starting to feel that way. You know, I've, I've, I've screwed up just about everything else I've tried. <laughs> so and one day it was like, you know, I, I need to maybe figure out a way to make this, this music stuff work out because <laughs> nothing else really has. Okay, well let's let's catch up to this this point in your life where you are now settled in okay. a house in Inglewood, Nashville. Yeah. Um you're on the road now and what's led up to this point is a military career, a another record, um living pretty much born raised through your 20s in Louisiana. Yeah, um yeah, born born raised. Uh, I did a I did a brief stint in in Washington D.C. for a year right. uh, in two thousand eight. But um, and it, you know D D.C. is and and that kind of goes back to what I was talking to. It's one of those things where I was a I was a journalism and, and political science major in, in in college, and so I moved up there uh, for an internship. And this was a little bit before music, and and it was. Uh, because I, I thought that political writing was something that I really wanted to do. And uh, I, I moved up there and I, I realized that I, I was so miserable when I was up there that it it was, those were one, one of those moments when, when I was like, well, uh, I better figure out a way to make music work <laughs> because it's, it's not going to be this. They, they, uh, DC's like, like, I I don't want to trash it too bad, but it it just wasn't for me, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's Hollywood for for ugly people, and <laughs> and uh, I I just by by the time my internship was up, they they offered me a full time job. Um, I was writing at the the for the National Journal, and I said I just can't do it. 
I'm moving back to Louisiana and I'm I'm going to I guess have to focus a little more on this music thing mm-hmm. because this ain't working. So this is directly after college? Still during college. During uh, college. My, my, my junior year. Okay. Now now college was uh college was in Natchitoches, Louisiana. Natchitoches what? in New Orleans. I was, you know, I was on the the 10-year program <laughs> for college. I could see but, why when I, when you and I went down to Natchitoches with Isaiah and uh, that yeah, ta- that I, town I, is. I just... forgot about that. Yeah, it's like it's like fantasy land down there. It's um. That's why they had the film. The what was it? Steel Magnolias. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, Steel Magnolias. They filmed that there, and they'll they'll you know they'll they'll be sure to remind you of that if if you ever go down there. But for uh, I guess for your listeners who aren't familiar with Natchitoches, it's a um, it's a small town in, in, in northwest Louisiana, not far from the border, uh, the Texas-Louisiana border. Uh, there's about 12,000 people that live there, and um, 6,000 of them are college students, and the other 6,000 are senior citizens. <laughs> and there's, like, no mid-ground. It's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's the bed and breakfast capital of the country. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, they have more bed <laughs> and breakfast per capita than, than anywhere else. Um, it, it's also like one of the top spots to retire, uh, for whatever reason, I, I guess like the cost of living is real cheap there and it, it's pretty, but, but yeah, I spent, um, better part of a decade there on, on and off just, uh, trying to get the, get the old bachelors and, um, it eventually happened. I got two degrees in political science and, and journalism and, uh, I'll, I'll never use either one. They're, they're just two receipts, <laughs> two receipts of paper i feel like everybody who doesn't do who doesn't fulfill their major you know says that for a good reason i mean that that's really all they are in the end of the day because then you're out in the world competing with the world yeah they're just receipts man i i feel like college is uh i don't know i mean i i definitely like you know looking back it's like well i'm i might never use the degrees but um, like the experiences I had, that's, you know, that's what I, I draw like songwriting from stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it it's, I, I feel like college in general is, you know, like when people maybe like our parents age when, you know, it, like if they went to college, they, they were in like the top percentile of the country, you know, but now it's like anybody can kind of go to college. Like, if, you know, if they want to and you can go to your, college online. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to show up. So now, like, the four-year degree means nothing. Now you have to go for eight years. And so, man, if, you know, if there's something you want to do and it's not be a doctor or engineer... You uh, can learn it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they're doing. Yeah. They're making YouTube videos and they're just paying you extra to, to, yeah, to do you it. Yeah, you can, you can learn how to... You can probably learn how to uh, perform brain surgery at some point on... <laughs> My friend went to dental school uh, at NYU, and I'm like, well, now that you're officially a dentist, you should just make the home dental program <laughs> for people to perform Somebody's going to do it. Oh, uh, no. I, then that's like, it's that person's getting time. sued. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you finish up college, and then how how do you get into the military? The military was before, actually. Uh, well, well, during I, I was, um, it wasn't by choice. I was, uh, got in a lot of trouble, um, 
when I was younger and it, it was a, uh, it was one of those, you know, go to, go to jail or join the military yeah. kind of thing. Um, and it, it was, I think you did the right thing. Do you, do you really think like you went to jail in hindsight? I don't know. No, I, no, I mean, I, I, I did. I, I feel like, you know, I, I, I learned a lot. Um, and like, strangely, there's, there's things about the military that, that I missed sometimes, but yeah, I was there for, I was in for, uh, I guess, let's see, I guess it was six years total. Um, and after I, until I was, uh, medically discharged from the, uh, from the, uh, gunshot thing, which I guess I can, that'd be a good time to elaborate on, yeah. but I, I was, uh, 2005, um, Hurricane Katrina, I was living in New Orleans and our unit was the only, and I, I was in the National Guard and our unit was the only Louisiana National Guard unit that was in the state at the time because everybody else was in Iraq or Afghanistan and uh so we we were the first responders um we had to go to the superdome uh, a couple of days before katrina hit we had i remember we had these pagers <laughs> like you know like high school the yeah, yeah, yeah. The, old, the old school pagers yeah, yeah, yeah. we 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 had those and uh if we got paged that meant you know you're being you're being summoned put on orders and I actually had friends coming into New Orleans when, like, when the hurricane was approaching, because we were, uh, there was a concert, like, we we were going to go to, and we, we didn't know the severity of it until we just kind of woke up uh, on Sunday, and, and New Orleans was, like, a ghost town, and that's the day that, like, I got paged, and then the hurricane hit on a Monday, so my my unit was in town Saturday, uh, we reported to the Superdome on Sunday. The hurricane hit Monday, and then Tuesday is when the the levees broke, and that's when the the you know the city started flooding, and that's when uh you know it it the 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 shit really started hitting the fan. So you were paged before the levees broke. Oh yeah, we okay. So the the every year during hurricane season, the government uh will open up the Superdome as like a Official evacuation spot, New Orleans, and uh, the the National Guard oversees that. So, um, so they opened it to the public uh, before the hurricane actually hit, and there was um, there was about five or six thousand people, uh, which is typical and which is what we were prepared for. Hurricane hits, um, hurricane passes, and then everyone's still in the Superdome. And everyone's wondering why, including the military, because we didn't have access to media. Cell phones are down. Nobody knew anything except that, like, they were keeping us there. And, um, and of course, uh, you know, it was because the, the, the city was flooding. And then eventually you could see, I mean, you could just walk outside the Superdome and, and see, you know, the water the, the, as it was rising. And uh, that's when people started kind of just coming out of the woodworks. And it, it, it was uh, estimated like 20-something thousand people after it was all said and done. And uh, for a few days, it was it was just us, like 240 people in our unit, uh, 240 of us and, and you know, 20,000 of them. Hmm. And um, 
this was uh this started happening on Tuesday and uh Wednesday they uh they issued us our M16s and then Thursday late Thursday night uh early Friday morning there was a um there was a civilian he was hiding out where he wasn't supposed to be he jumped out at a soldier and he was trying to take the M16 from him and I ran over there to help and uh they kind of went to the ground and and somehow around got chambered and uh, it just kind of went off, and it hit me in the leg, and um, and so I went down, and I I just remember remember seeing just a, a it, it was pitch dark because the the all the power was out, and I just remember a flash, and um, I just remember thinking like I I've been shot, and I I didn't even realize like a a, a gun went off. And, uh, but then my leg kind of just buckled and I fell into the nasty water. Like, <laughs> where in the Superdome are you? Okay, so if you are, uh, you know how the teams like run out from their entranceways, like onto the football field? Yep. Okay, so directly behind like the home side entranceway is where the locker rooms are. And so we were what turned out to be like the the cheerleaders' locker room. So mm-hmm. we we were kind of like um, just right through the entranceway from where the team would have ran out onto the field. And so um, I hit the ground. I, I remember somebody drug me out of the locker room, and I, I was kind of out in the uh, in the open at that point. And that's where they were keeping the special needs people. And. Uh, I was there for about 45 minutes before, uh, for a doctor or anybody ever even came to help me. So like I, 45 minutes. Yeah. I would have died had it hit like my femoral artery or. So are you bleeding out like crazy at this point um, or is it somehow I could, contained? I, it was bloody, but, but not, I guess maybe not like what, what you would think, but I, I could see. I could see the ground like, right. through the whole and are, way. And I'm sure you're just in shock, so you're not really feeling it. I think it. so, yeah. I yeah. didn't feel anything. It, you know, it, it wasn't until people showed up and they picked me up and I started to walk. And yeah. So it, I hit, can't, it hit you from behind or in front? It hit me in the front, kind of the inner thigh area, uh-huh. and then the exit wound uh, oh my God. came out the back. The, the exit wound uh, was about the size of a baseball, like... The the doctor in the hospital said that he could he could like fit his fist inside of it, but it, it it's an M sixteen round is designed to to tumble as it as it picks up velocity it starts to spin right um in a in a broader circumference, and so I mean it's it's designed to kill uh, when it enters the body, um, you know it'll tumble and it'll go through and it'll you know like chip your bones and and screw up everything it. It's designed to kill. So the fact that I was so close range was 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 good in the sense that it, it hadn't had time to pick up enough speed to, you know, really do damage, but it was starting to, you know, tumble as it went through, which is why the exit wound's so big. Um now how had I been like down on the end of the hall, it might have taken my leg off or you know, like killed me. So I was I was really lucky in that sense. Uh, for sure, but um, but yeah, they they took me to the uh, New Orleans Arena, which was like uh, where the you know basketball arena behind the Superdome, 
they had a, uh, a medical facility set up there and they kind of cleaned out the wound the best they could. And then they, they hella vacuumed me to, to Baton Rouge and spent about a week there and then eventually got to go home. So, and then you were, then you got your medical discharge. Yeah, uh, sort of. I, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I, I remember thinking like, people asked me like, what was going through your mind uh, when that happened? And honest to God, like, the very first thing that went through my mind was like, yes, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, that, and I, I didn't mean the military at the time, but just the super Just because yeah, it, it was so miserable. But it, and then I started thinking, you know, like, wow, this, you know, this might actually get me out of the military. Um, and eventually it did, but it, 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 it took another two years for like the, the, uh, for, for the, um, the discharge to like finally like officially go through. Okay. So I was I was doing like office work okay. after that. Wow, man. I've never heard that. I've heard, you know, I know the story, but you broke right. it down just now. Um So I mean, what are you thinking now with like Hurricane Harvey since, you know, we're we're having this interview yeah. during a hurricane. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, have you even, have you been to Houston? Oh yeah. Before? Yeah. I, okay. I mean, I've, I've got like, I've got family and friends in Houston. Um, I just played in Houston, uh, about a month ago, month or so ago, but it, it it's, it, 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 it's Katrina reminiscent, you know, yeah. it, it, it's like, I mean, they're, they're Katrina survivors yeah, that live in ab- Houston absolutely. that were displaced into Houston, and now they have to relive this. Or they're just, they're, they're out. They don't want to do it again. Right. Nobody wants to do this, obviously. Yeah, man, it's a, it's a heavy, uh, it's a heavy ordeal. And I, I think it's, it's, it's just most important that, that times like that, people, people remember that, like, people are what, what matters, not not necessarily like you know like belongings or right right or things stuff like that i mean th- this is i with, with katrina i, I just remember th- thinking like uh it, it, like in the superdome it, it felt like you know it, it's something that you don't expect to be happening like in in your own backyard uh that that's the main thing you know it it's like it's it was just almost surreal right not almost it, like it was surreal I think whenever you move to a new place or that's not had um, and you've never experienced an emergency situation like right. that before you don't you don't prepare for it mentally there's no way to unless you've right. experienced something like that yeah totally um, so the I think it was in 2010 when the flood happened in Nashville right but Nashville wasn't Nash you know it was a different Nashville yeah. back then and that actually drove people away from Nashville and now everyone's coming to Nashville but the way things are moving we're gonna get we're getting another flood I and I think I just think using any type of prediction scenario like yeah. it's happening again the hurricanes aren't getting better they're getting worse and right the, the, the rain so do you know like how how the the flood actually like how it happened the first time i mean was, was it, it was just like it was a uh, river water and river yeah the cumberland um overflowed and it got okay. all the way up to the ryman it got all the way up to wow. fifth ave so um 
there were tons of vintage instruments that were damaged in the you know museum and right um yeah uh it didn't crest the hill that i live on because i live on such a crazy steep incline of a hill um but if you go down to davidson and you look at the um the feed the children building mm-hmm. like yeah that was it was underwater wow yeah that's crazy man i i remember like so one night when I was in the Superdome, I remember uh, we 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 found like this this way you could just kind of walk out, like on top of the Superdome, and um, people were soldiers were going up there to try to like use their cell phones, but the towers were still down. And excuse me, I remember uh, one night I, I walked out there, and you're on top of the Superdome, you can see like the entire city of New Orleans and it's just like pitch black as far as you can see and all you can see are the you know cop car lights mm-hmm. uh they're kind of you know sprinkled around the city um all you hear are the the sirens and dogs barking and like the occasional gunshot Oof. and it was like i felt like i was in a zombie movie like it was very apocalyptic mm-hmm. and 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 yeah, I hate to use the word again, but like surreal. Yeah. Um, well, it's shocking to be in a emergency scenario where yeah, every, you're all thrown in to this thing together with your neighbors yeah. for miles and miles, square miles for the whole city. Yeah. And there's the elderly. There's the disabled. Um, so people who don't have access to the highways to even get out. Um, yeah, so, man. I, you know, so it's just you know you just I think hope it's, that. Yeah, I think it's like probably the most important thing I, I think is that people realize that that like everybody's in the same boat. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 yeah, that that's probably the most important thing. Um. And you know, like I, I, I was there, and you know, I'm, I'm no like, no hurricane expert, and yeah, what happened to me was, was whatever, but it, you know, not near as tragic as what happened to a lot of other people. Oh yeah, and you know, and the stuff that they lost, and I mean, what, what I had to go through was, you know, really nothing compared to like some of those people, and so I'm, you know, I'm not like, not a hurricane expert or anything, but I, I think when people get thrown into those uh extraordinary situations it's um it's like i said you know most most importantly i feel like people need to just realize that like everybody really is in the same boat we're all humans it'll either bring out it seems like it'll either bring out the best in you or the worst in you yeah um so hopefully that hopefully that this one hurricane just dissipates yeah man I, i hope so too i i don't know if um you know, like, God forbid, the, there was, I think, like, 1,200-something deaths, something like that, during Katrina. Mm-hmm. And I think with this, last I heard it, it was, it was just like six or eight or something like that. It, it's probably, you, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully not, but it might be more now. But, but um, yeah, but, you know, the re, it's, it's going to, I mean, even New Orleans hasn't even recovered at all fully. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in a lot of ways they have, but in some ways they haven't. Uh, and then you have like the, um, uh, you know, I, I feel like 
I've been traveling around now a little bit playing music, and I, I feel like almost every city I go to, everybody says the same thing. Like, oh, the city's so different now. There's, you know, all these people have moved in, and they've they've changed it and made it different, and it just feels like there's just so many people now everywhere. Are you talking uh, about any city you go to? Yeah, like most, like like with gentrification and and you know like urban development and stuff like that. It mm-hmm. it seems like it's just happening. Uh, you know, like we're in Nashville, so we feel like you know this this is it's happening here, but it, oh, yeah. it's happening everywhere and or you know in a lot of places and there's just a lot of fucking people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and and so the more like you know the more the population grows. Uh, and the more these natural disasters keep happening, you know, I'm, it, it kind of scares me as to like what the the outcome could be. It's um, like that. Um, did you did you see Dunkirk yet? No, I've it, it's on my list. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say there's a scene in Dunkirk <laughs> uh, where they're on a destroyer, a British destroyer ship, and um, there's you know. There's women on the ship that are serving them toast and and jam and stuff because they're like, you're about to be evacuated. And right. then, you know, they get bombed and this thing, this destroyer goes over and lights go out and they're in a, the, the main, like inside the ship and the doors yeah. are locked. Um, oh, wow. But it, but you know, it floods with water and everyone's climbing over on top of each other, like to get to the light to like, oh, yeah. you know, swim out the door. It's... <laughs> and you know you just don't want to ever be in that I know, scenario. Man, it's scary, so I, I just try not to think about those things and yeah, and 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 play music. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can uh, let's turn to uh, um uh, let's let's turn to something else. I mean, what, okay, so let's I, yeah talk about your shows coming up. Uh, do you know Do you know the names of the the places you're playing? Or well, um, actually, you know what? Before we do that, talk about. Um, like how you got this like you can you moved to nashville okay and now you're touring like wh- what did that take for you to okay. to move from new orleans to nashville and get touring um like in, in like in my personal life like personally uh like or, professionally or professionally yeah okay well um i i really didn't i i was playing music in new orleans but i I was still just kind of doing it for fun. Um, I, I had some regular gigs, and, and I had a band, and uh, I played with a couple of different groups. and uh, But it, it was still like kind of more for fun. And so I remember at one point I, I quit my job, uh, my day job, which I've, I've worked in kitchens like my, my whole life. That's kind of all I've ever done. And so I remember quitting my job, and I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to see... If I can get by just playing music and um it was I was making like just barely kind of not enough you know <laughs> like yeah. it, it was like I still need to have a job so I, I I learned that but um man moving to Nashville uh in in retrospect like the music wasn't working out in New Orleans because I, I just wasn't taking it seriously mm-hmm. and um you you kind of like you become complacent, you know, or at least I did. You feel like, well, you know, you do this long enough and maybe something will happen. Or yeah. you, you know, you feel like, not entitled, but but almost. And it wasn't until I moved to Nashville that I, I... 
it, it's almost like like living in Nashville for a year. I feel like is worth more uh, knowledge wise than you know like a really expensive music business course course yeah. that you take at a college and that's that's how I feel when I moved when I moved here yeah because I, I I got out of school and then I moved here and uh, and I was like oh no this is just as much learning if not more um except you know you. The stakes are a little higher. You're actually building relationships. Now you're not getting yeah. graded on anything. Exactly. The stakes are higher, but it, it, it's surprisingly uh, supportive yeah. for the most part, from what I've found. And it, it's so I, I feel like I don't I don't know about everybody else, but okay. So for me, it was like you move to Nashville, and first it's like you see the sausage made. Or, you know, like, you find out Santa Claus isn't real. And it you see stuff that you kind of, like, know, or but but then you, you see it firsthand, like, oh, this is really how stuff works. It's like there's these mm. writer's rooms filled with people that just, you know, write songs all day. And then mm-hmm. when some big star wants to make a new record, their record company just goes to these publishing houses. Yeah. and The songs to be written like seven years yeah, ago. Yeah, and it's like, hey, we need three songs about summer, two breakup songs, <laughs> four radio hits. For, you know, and, and yeah. it's like, I mean, it re- Nashville is a, is a f- factory for songs. And I, I always thought it was so weird when I first moved here. People, I didn't know anybody really, except for uh, Ben, Delacour. And uh, so we started playing open mics around town just because you know like what else are you going to do and you start meeting people that are involved in music and everybody would ask you like so are you trying to be an artist or are you trying to be a songwriter and i never i wasn't really sure what they meant by that at huh? first but but now i am and and you realize like that doesn't even like tip the iceberg of of, of just like you know facets of the music industry and like career paths and well and, everything's always changing it yeah. seems everything's always changing. People are becoming, people are leaving, um, people are crossing over into other things in, in music. Um, for me, I had a record, I toured, I wanted to do film. I wanted, I, I thought that I couldn't chase the guitar anymore. I figured I was like, all right, let's just compose music and let's try to write for film or move out to LA. Well, that's, I mean, that's a very viable. Uh, well, career path. You know? Well, yeah. It well, it be. seems like the only. Well, yeah, because you know I was getting out of school. I wanted to continue music. Obviously, I always do. Um, but I didn't think I could just get by playing in bars, you know, anymore right. and making crappy money. Uh, but then <laughs> I came and I still did when I moved here. Um, but people were like, "What do you? What? Are, that's always when you're new. What are you trying to do? Yeah, like that's always the question. And I, feel and like I a never. Lot of people are like, uh, I." I knew that was always going to be if I didn't have a direct answer to that question uh just right out like off the tip of my tongue then I wouldn't be taken seriously. Right. So absolutely. I remember like it was a long drive down here I was like okay well what am I going to tell people I was very conscious about this. Like what am I going to tell people when they ask me what I do? It's interesting. And I was like well you know I write songs I got a record but I also you know play guitar I, I do sessions i do you know i can do like jazz or, or folk or, or whatever you were telling people no i wasn't telling people that oh, okay because you, you know people... i i was thinking should i be able to tell them and I, all i said was i play guitar uh and i do sessions that's it yeah um 
Yeah, I, I feel like people who 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 become successful at some point they they have this like you know and it might go down differently for different people, but it, it's like this sort of coming to Jesus, so to speak, like. Yeah. Because people used to ask me the same thing, and, like, I didn't have an answer. I I thought, like, well, I'm going to try to, like, you know, dabble in a little bit of everything and see what works out. But no, like, you'll you'll kill yourself just, like, you'll, you'll spread yourself so thin trying to do that that eventually you're, you're just like non-productive and, and you're spinning tires and you're like, what am I doing? And I felt like I was doing that for a little bit. And then one day, um, I'm not sure what, what, what came about it. But to answer your question, one day I told myself, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm never going to be, you know, there are better singers out there. There are better guitar players out there. Um, what is it that I have to offer that's going to make me stand out from anybody else? Be your songs. And I thought, well, you know, I've lived a somewhat interesting life and I kind of know how to tell a story a little bit. And, uh, so that's what I started focusing on. And it was like, once that happened, once I made that realization, like, okay, maybe you should focus on, you know, like your, 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 the craft of the song and, and, and your actual songwriting. Once I started doing that, um, you know, my, in, in, in 2015, and unfortunately my, my wife was diagnosed with ovarian cancer and, um, and she's fine now. Uh, but around that time is when, you know, a, a lot of things were happening in life. And that's kind of somewhere around that time is when I made the decision, like, okay, what, what am I doing here? Like what, what, and, and so, yeah, I had that conversation with myself, like, you know, and that's when I started really kind of focusing down on my songwriting and Mm -hmm. I, I eventually recorded the, you know, the EP, uh, the God's own truth is the name of the EP. And we, we put that out, uh, a little over a year ago on on my birthday on March 18th. Where can uh, your fans go to buy the record? Um, it's on it's on iTunes and and Amazon and CD Baby and uh, if you want to stream it, it's on Spotify. Um, you got a website? Yeah, there's a it's a www.deepsouthamericana.com. That's the website. Um, and there's also a there's a band camp as well. I mean, you you can if you want to buy it, the best thing to do is go to the website. DeepSouthAmericana.com. Yeah, DeepSouthAmericana.com. And you can also see, um, like all my tour dates and stuff are up on there too. If you're, if you're interested in where I'm playing, but, um, but yeah, man, to answer your question, um, that's how it all kind of started was when I just, life made me have this conversation with myself and I decided, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I feel like once you have a, your focus, you know, then you're, you're the only person that's going to stop you from achieving your goals. I feel like there's, you know, again, there's always going to be better players and all that, but there should never be anybody that works harder than you. Like, that's the only thing you have no excuse for. You know, people have natural talent and, you know, like, yeah, there's always going to be somebody better, but there should never be a harder worker out there if it's, you know, if it's what you really believe in and it's your dream. And so I, I uh, you know, I try to stick to that, as, you know, and I slip from time to time, but I... <laughs> 
but I, I, I still try to work hard at it. And, uh, and yeah, uh, like I said, ever since then, it, it everything's kind of like, um, you know, I it, like kind of taken off a little bit, uh, to answer your question yeah. and, and yeah, so. Well, that's awesome. I <laughs> thanks, think that's man. a podcast. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Broke our town And the pills picked up the slack She used to watch the airplanes And smile until it hurt Till the fear of heights and city lights Kept her grounded in the dirt It's a wonder This old town's still standing Wonder she's still standing too. All the trailers look like tombstones on the Lee County line, but hell, she looks good for the hell that she's been through. Prescriptions fix the back pains, and whiskey fixed her coke. Waiting on the man she loved to fix what he once broke Now she fights to make a living at the Seminole Cafe While the hard pines and welfare lines get longer every day It's a wonder this old town's still standing Wonder she's still standing too All the trailers look like tombstones on the Lee County line But hell, she looks good for the hell that she's been through She looks good for the hell that she's been through Like a shooting star, a tea light flame in Lee County, burn out just the same. Behind smokers' cough and hometown fame, it's just a girl who loved to watch the planes. It's a wonder. This old town's still standing Wonder she's still standing too All the trailers look like tombstones on the Lee County line But hell, she looks good for the hell that she's been through She looks good for the hell that she's been through
she's been through She looks good Yeah. All right. All right. That was great. Uh, you want to just knock, knock another one out? Years ago, a pool hall where we used to rain. We had a few beers and caught up on the years. We laughed at how nothing had changed. Dad works overtime, comes home late at night. Mother's got migraines again The U.S. Marines are at war overseas So brother rides home now and then Nothing has changed, it's the same old shit You know just how this town is well, I can't complain, leaving it Away, say nothing's changed. We're laughing away, say nothing's changed. Homecoming show one year ago with faces familiar and strange. We sinned till we're sober, then got her foreclosure. Gives us, or gives us a lane. We saw Milsha down, jobs in out of town. Lumber don't sell like it did. Mother's got one foot with five more to go. And brother is strung out again. Nothing has changed, it's the same old shit. Just how this town is I can't complain Even if I did Who'd wanna hear me then? We laugh it away Say nothing's changed We laugh it away Say nothing's changed Homecoming show few days ago, this crowd, it just ain't the same. The day's gonna come when I don't have the one to laugh at how nothing has changed. Nothing has changed, it's the same old shit. You know just how this town is. I can't complain Even if I did Who'd wanna hear me then? We laugh it away Say nothing's changed We laugh it away Say nothing's changed Homecoming show 
few years ago A pool hall where we used to rain And that'll do it for the latest installment of Musician. Um, first time in a, in a long time. But uh, we're going to have some great guests coming on for y'all. Don't forget to subscribe in the iTunes store to this podcast. Uh, you can search my name, Andrew LaPau. And, uh, you know, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, all Andrew LaPau. Andrew LaPau Music on Facebook. AndrewLapau.com. All right, y'all. Take care. <laughs>